0: Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book
1: industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 174, where your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hey, how's everybody doing? We're on a roll here recording back-to-back episodes. Isn't that awesome?
2: <laughs> no, I just want to take a nap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the truth, honestly.
1: Well, I just woke up, so I feel
0: refreshed a little bit. So, <laughs> What does that feel like, going to sleep and feeling refreshed? Because I don't think i felt that way in a very long time.
1: I know right you know what I think it's because it's Saturday so I don't have to be anywhere so that feels just refreshing in itself like Uh, when you wake up and you're like oh I gotta get to work or I'm already 15 I mean even when you start off if you're like already 15 minutes late it just ruins the morning so I feel like when you wake up after like a good uh, good like at least four hours sleep slumber and then but you wake up to doing nothing like I don't have to shower, yeah. I don't have to brush my teeth, I don't have to go to work, <laughs> I don't have to do my miles, I don't have to do nothing, you know, like, I'm just rolling mm-hmm. off the bed, you know? Um, that's for, yeah. Me. I don't,
2: I that Saturday mornings are my long run morning, so I was up this morning at 4 o'clock, I had to be in Santa Monica by 6.30, um, and I did 10 miles, and then I went to breakfast, and my tummy was full. I'm already starving now. It's already two thirty. <laughs> I mean, but I'm just sleep sleepy because I didn't sleep well last night. You know the little um, the little clock that I bought. Oh, no. From <laughs> what's his? What's the artist's name with the little um, Halloween decorations? And... Oh yeah, oh, oh, Rodri Montijo. Yes, yes, yes. Um, It's the cutest clock ever. It's the little um, cat with bat wings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love it so much. But in the middle of the night, when I wake up to pee or whatever, I just (laughs) toss and turn and wake up. All I can hear is that mother effing clock. (laughs) <laughs> it's like the fucking telltale heart. I am not kidding. And so then I'm just laying on because I slept on slept on the couch last night because I get up early so I don't wanna um, wake up Eddie. But oh my gosh. So I didn't sleep very well last night and I woke I just I was already awake and I just at three forty five my alarm was supposed to go off at four and at three forty five I was like, I'm just gonna get up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay guys, let's have a like a five minute silence to hear the clock. Oh, it's gone because I told Eddie it was so, so loud during the podcast
2: that I could hear it and it was distracting and that when you guys listened, you could hear it. So we put it in a different room.
1: Oh, (laughs) Yeah, because I remember remember the last episode, I was like, I'm not going to tell her, but I could totally hear it.
0: (laughs) I'm freaking dead. I don't, I didn't hear anything.
1: Uh, well no you know to be fair she did tell me can you hear the clock and then, and then I focused yeah. on it and that's I couldn't get it out after that
0: yeah oh, okay it's one of those <laughs> things where if you don't think about it you don't hear it but as soon as yeah. you do or you notice it you can't unhear it alright guys now it's time for
1: chisme de la semana guys and I have some chisme which I'm kind of a little disappointed to bring to the podcast because yeah. Um, What is it? Yeah, I know, right? It's like, oh, I'm building it up so much. Like, what? What can it possibly be? Well, uh, apparently, Amy Jo Johnson, the original, very first Pink Ranger, will not be returning for Power Rangers' 30th anniversary. Uh, (gasps) Why? I know. I was like, I I love Amy Jo Johnson, and I loved her even more when she was part of the Felicity show, where she uh, where she played. um, I forgot who she played. I don't remember who she played, but she slept with Noel.
2: <laughs> I just remember that.
1: No, she didn't sleep she with was Noel. Noel. No, she, she slept with oh, the other no, guy.
2: No, she wasn't a woman. She was, yeah, the other guy. The one that Felicity followed in the first place. Yeah, Scott, right. Scott
1: Speedman. with uh, Ben. Yeah. Ben Covington. Ben. Yes. Uh-huh. No, I get it. Like, I kind of, even my brother was like. I'm a I'm a Amy Joe Johnson fan. I am definitely on her side. Uh, Instead, I hate Felicity. I hate it when she cut her hair. And I was like, "How dare you! How dare you hate Felicity?" But <laughs> she's like, "If I were Ben, I would choose Amy Joe Johnson over Felicity." And I'm like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> but yeah, because Felicity was neurotic. Yes, and that's the what I, show. I love that about her. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she would go on these rants, and then her hands would be all over, f- while she was talking. You made me fall in love with you. What? I don't even know you. <laughs> it was it was hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. Anyway. I was really looking forward to seeing her in the Power Rangers 30th anniversary, but apparently she's not going to be in it. Um, this She made a mention onto what was happening, but it really doesn't give us much. She, all she did is on Twitter, she said, for the record, I never said no, I just said Yes, to what was offered, but other stuff is in store. Looking forward to watching my friends kick ass. So the only ones that are going to be returning, obviously, the Yellow Ranger had an automobile accident. She passed away many years ago. Um, I think it was mm. shortly after yeah. filming The Crow. Um, and so um, the only ones that are going to be returning are obviously uh, our Black Ranger uh, and uh, the Red Ranger and the Blue Ranger. Um of course, we know Tommy just recently, um, he committed suicide, which he was the white Power Ranger slash Green Ranger. So um, there the person that's going to be returning for the Pink Ranger is going to be like the second Power Ranger installation. So the girl who played the Pink Ranger in the second installation of the Power Rangers. So mm-hmm. I mean they they are bringing back someone it's just not going to be Amy Jo Johnson which is disappointing Is this a movie coming out?
0: Yes. Or like okay. a show or like a multi-part show? I thought it was a movie. But I thought it was
1: a movie too. I yeah. I, yeah. So it, it'll be interesting definitely. I just uh I wish that they had pursued trying to get the Pink Ranger maybe hammering things out. She Obviously was a big part of The initial Power Rangers here in the US I was already old but my brother Was watching it so like sometimes I would end up Watching it so that's why I feel like I also grew up With them so but mm-hmm. yeah It's kind of disappointing I'm really sad to bring This Cheeseman because obviously We all love the original Power Rangers I feel you need to do some digging. I want to know the real cheese Man. Yeah. <laughs> Why she's
0: not to be You know, <laughs> and they and like, gave her an offer and then, like, take it back. And they're like, oh, everybody went cheaper. So we want you to go cheaper, too. Like, <laughs> right, right. What's going on here? And she's like, damn it. You know who I am? I was on Felicity. <laughs> 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 but not only that, isn't it like the whole, like, the, or, the original cast people didn't get paid? they didn't or or at all they were
2: really young actors back then who probably were just taken advantage of
1: yes Mm -hmm. and i know for a fact that they were not included in the action figure portion of the power rangers so and that was Mm. billions and billions of dollars that they just lost but they i did i don't even think they were paid union rates i don't know it was just freaking crazy um, also, I mean, we don't know like and wh- how much the Red Ranger is going to be on this movie because uh, Austin St. John, who plays the Red Ranger, um, there was kind of some indicted on federal charges thing happening. Oh geez, yeah. that's right. I
0: was just like, well, isn't one of them in jail? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like I didn't want to bring it up because I wasn't that's sure. The movie, they're going
1: to bust the Red
0: Ranger out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> Prison.
1: Is some charges related to paycheck protection program fraud last year. Uh, He has restricted travel uh, within his home state of Texas. So, are they going to film in Texas? Have they filmed in Texas? How much is going to? Is he going to? CGI him into? Yeah. Is it going to be
0: Zoom? I don't know. Look, I'm not saying that I would enjoy it, but I would kind of enjoy it. Look, Look. Here's the thing. I'm glad that they're like going like all out for like the newer like um, uh, Power Rangers franchise stuff. But to me, Power Rangers was always going to be bad CGI or yeah. effects and cheap costumes yeah. and a lot of shouting. and I love it. I love That's it, what I remember.
2: It just being super cheesy and hokey, and
0: yeah, cheap costumes. Oh <laughs> yeah, like was- you don't you don't need to impress me. As a matter of fact, it will just add to the charm if they literally just have them CGI. Like everybody else is just like they're there, and then there's him in like a blurry <laughs> outline. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny.
1: That would be gold. <laughs> That's cool, dude. That is amazing. I'm just
0: saying is that they don't need to do a lot to make me be like, this is dope. Especially for Power Rangers because my brain immediately like shuts off and goes back to like five-year-old me going like, they're so cool.
1: (laughs) Right? Well, that's unfortunate. Um, It really is. It's. I feel like with technology, though, you could totally fake it. Like, sometimes on Grey's Anatomy, you know how, like, uh, Christina Chang, uh, Dr. Christina Yang, uh, who was the cardiologist, and Meredith, Meredith Grey's best friend, since she left the show, they would have texts where she would respond. Mm. So maybe uh, Amy Jo Johnson, Kimberly the Pink Ranger, can make her appearance via text. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah, because they're not
0: using her face. They just yeah. can still use like the identity or whatever, because the mm-hmm. identity belongs to them, just not her face,
1: right? Or not even her voice, I guess. Yeah, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that because you know, in the movie, she said about that Weinstein thing, that whole blow up of the Weinstein abuse in Hollywood thing. Um, they. Used like phone calls to these people that were gonna be part of the article, but they didn't wanted to remain anonymous. And one of them was Gwyneth Paltrow, and they said it was Gwyneth, and she sounded like Gwyneth on the phone, but I didn't see her name in the credits. Is it
0: she credits wanted to what? remain anonymous, and yeah.
1: No, no, I mean, they said it was her in the movie. It sounded like her. They used her name. Uh, is uh-huh. it Gwyneth Paltrow? Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Uh, I mean,
2: that is the name of an actress. Yeah, I don't know what movie you're talking no, about. No, <laughs> she said
0: Iron was, Man was, Lady? Uh, hey, Miss
1: is. Isn't she the one, the goop person? The, yes. Has, yeah, okay, so her, she didn't want her name in the article, yet in the movie, they said her name. They had her voice likeness via phone call. But I, I don't think she was in the credit, so I don't think she voiced her character in the movie. So I don't know. What movie are you talking about? She said. She said
2: she said, yes. okay. All right. Okay. You said that multiple times, but I
1: didn't realize <laughs> I didn't, that's why you
0: were saying. I, that, like, I what think that what does she freaking say, you said? <laughs> she's she's freaking out. I was
1: like, no, I what did she you said, say she said, said? Who said? She, she said. <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> i
0: was just as confused as you chris <laughs> i was just like what did she say <laughs> what didn't she want to say
1: <laughs> i should i should have uh i should have elaborated the movie title is she said you can you can watch it i think on hbo max i think it's on there uh-huh. yeah or okay. or, uh, or peacock i don't know anyway i don't know what the legalities of using the per, uh, person's likeness as the voice that it sounds like i don't know but that's an interesting thing that you should look into but um yeah they could go that route for sure like oh yeah we got a phone call from kimberly the pink ranger <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's my me guys all right guys now it's time for on my radar Kristen. What is on your radar? Well, on my radar this
2: week is a brand new female uh, woman Marvel-led title, um, Wasp Number 1. So if you are a Wasp fan, then a brand new um, title comic is out this week. And you don't just get one Wasp, you get two wasps you get both janet and nadia so um i really enjoyed the book i don't know janet van Dyne as wasp um because i started reading comics in like 2016 uh no 2014 um but around i think 2016 is might have been when wasp came out um and it was nadia and um i i don't know the older stuff Um, but this one was really good it was a nice introduction to me um, to Janet Van Dyne and um, Nadia is still running, um, the, uh, science based nonprofit that is, I can't remember what it's called, but am um, helping for the young, uh, female, uh, young girl scientists to get them into like STEM programming, like moon girl and, um, Ms. Marvel. And, uh, I'm not, I think actually also squirrel girl, um, are all involved into, um, this uh organization and i can't remember what it's called but it's an acronym for like girls or or women or whatever but um basically the description of this uh, comic is when an old enemy threatens janet and her fellow wasp nadia seemingly against his will uh the van dynes will have to confront the ghosts in their shared history to get to the bottom of the mystery so like i said it was really um good and entertaining uh the writers l ewing the uh the inker is uh keisha nye and the colorist is kg diaz uh and number one is just out on in january what was this last wednesday the 18th 19th uh 18th uh, so uh, it should still be either available at your LCS or for order. So that's Wasp number one by Marvel.
1: Guess what, guys? Guess what? What time is it? Es la hora de las
0: cervezas. Es la hora, hora de, la de la las
2: This uh, is my favorite part
0: of the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go grab my glass right now. <laughs>
2: I'm really interested, actually, uh, to try this. It is an Ennegrin Brewing Company, and I love, love, love the title of this. It's actually comic-related. It's called Valkyrie, and it's a German-style amber. Now, Sarah, you rarely buy ambers or reds um, for us to try, so I'm really uh, interested in trying this. It's 6.2 alcohol by volume. Apparently here it says Enneagram Brewing Company brews classic style lagers and ales. Uh, And so on the side uh, of the can, it says that um, brewed with over 60% Munich dark malt, this alt-style amber ale has a distinctly malty and smooth taste, balanced with just a hint of bitterness from German Hercules and American Mount Hood hops. We ferment this beer on the colder side for a clean finish that lets the malt shine through. You know, in high school, I used to um, drink malt liquor through a straw.
1: I remember! (laughs)
0: because
2: you thought it was fancy no because i was told that you get drunk faster when you drink alcohol through a straw Wait, what? i don't know if it's the science behind that or if it's even true but my little high school mind was like cool pass the straw
1: <laughs> I, I like the the i like the can art and on the can it also says for the glory and power of beer so I'm um, I like the can it's sorta of like a checkered uh kind of wine with uh like a darker red um checkered and then it has the like little lions with the stein of beer and and a- it reminds yeah.
2: me of the aesthetic that I would find walking into a brew
1: pub in England. Absolutely, actually, mm-hmm. I, this I chose this one, and it it's really awesome because it it tells you the serving temperature, and it pairs mm-hmm. well with grilled red meats, barbecue, and bratsworth. Um, now I read Brotsworth and I just I thought to myself, like, what a great beer to drink, kind of in honor of uh, Alpine Village. It was like this really historic landmark in LA located in Torrance that just closed down this weekend um, it was known for the home of Oktoberfest every year in October for the whole month of October I ended up only going twice because the tickets would sell out pretty quickly but it was mm. so much fun they had like a German uh, band live band with the oh, leader, Liederhausen or whatever they're called and uh-huh. everybody was drinking Steins and there was like a line of Rosa and rows of, of party party and if you found a clean one uh that was like (laughs) uh, that was like the unicorn like you won the lottery yeah because basically they were always like super dirty and people had thrown up in them and who knows what kind of liquid was on the floor it was a whole kind of like ambiance and everybody was happy and it was just really great and so yeah. they closed it down. I'm not sure because of the cost or if they sold it to a big developer or if it was just not generating money. Uh, but they had, like, a nice little market where they had all sorts of, like, European beer inside and these cold meats. Like, really weird shit. Like, mm-hmm. even, like, like blood mm-hmm. sausage. Like, weird mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then they had a restaurant they sold bratwurst and stuff like that. And um, they had, da- like, a dance... Um, Pista de baile, like a dance floor, where like older people would come and like it looked like something out of uh, the nineteen seventies. Young
2: people too. When Eddie and I first started dating, I drugged him to do country line dancing there.
1: <laughs> I that, and I was in my thirties. <laughs> yeah, the last time I went to that uh, that place to dance, they had a like a goth night, and it was oh. wonderful. I actually ran into uh, like a lot of friends there. Like we were older and we're like, yeah. I'm like, wow, like I didn't know you heard about this event. And I don't even know how I may be on Facebook, but I ended up going. We had some beers and we danced and it was just a great time. And that's the last time I went to that place. So, yeah, well, the restaurant
2: closed down way before this market that's closed down. And in stages, it's really just seen a demise over the years. Like pre-COVID, there was no that they had already stopped doing Mm -hmm. Oktoberfest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I started dating Eddie back in like mm, 2002 and since 2002 I said every October I was going to go and I never went. So I never was able to experience it. Um, I went to the restaurant like once or twice. I think Jeffrey's Comics had a a nerd trivia night there once to raise money Uh, and then um, I never experienced the market which i heard was really cool um i guess as a kid there were rides and all kinds of like it was a big ordeal Mm -hmm. to go and uh it's also the alpine village um swap meet is there Mm -hmm. and it said that they weren't going to do that anymore either
0: that's sad they probably like they probably were in decline and um, um they just didn't make it through a lot of businesses just have still haven't ever yeah. recovered through um uh, COVID-19 so um I would I would pass it by but I never went there because uh I think my parents only went there like once with some friends and my mom was just all like well this is hedonistic and heathen so I'll never come in <laughs> here ever again <laughs> really <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: hilarious.
0: Yeah. Was, you know, very, very strictly Catholic. So she was just a, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I just thought it was so cool. It was like going, I just, I love going to different places and going to their supermarkets or their little markets or mm-hmm. liquor stores because you get a feel for like the sense of how the people, what they eat and what they think is good or what they think is necessary to have in their household. So,
2: Mm -hmm. um, Eddie used to like their goulash. I remember that from the restaurant.
1: Oh, see, I I forgot why we were talking about this. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, Let me open the beer. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, I want to raise this beer in a toast to. Even just seeing the outside of Alpine Village was a treat. It looked like an Alpine Village. Yeah, The architecture Mm -hmm. was so cool. And if you got a chance to do Oktoberfest, then cheers to you. And if you got a chance to go have a a meal at the restaurant, or maybe just buy that blood sausage in the market, cheers to you guys. (laughs) Cheers to um, Alpine Village, who made good memories and was part of uh, one of the great destinations in Torrance, California. Salud, guys. Salud. Cheers.
0: Oh, this is really so good. So I tend to serve in a stein, but yes. I don't have a stein. I'm just using the same glass beer that I've been using for every single episode that we do of this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's very dark. Yes. yes. Definitely um, amber in mm. color. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very malty. I can kind of taste like a caramelly flavor. Yes. yes.
1: Um, I like it a lot. Actually. I did too. I'm really surprised. Um, like you said, I don't buy these very often. I, like I said, the can uh, colors were very striking to me. Gold, um, some kind of like eggshell, and then the reds, the deep like, <coughs> burgundy reds, and it, it just it looks really elegant, and Um, And then I thought, you know, I always buy IPAs or double IPAs and I'm like, I really want to mix it up and have all sorts of different ones. So this time I spoke and this one was German styled amber. So I was like, this is perfect. This is is perfect to kind of uh, have a different taste to to our palates and, you know, like not just the same over and over again. So we have, I think, tried some from this brewery before. Um, oh really but i can't remember what I, I the can art is similar but different colors the mm-hmm. other one had a uh, coriander i remember and it was like a summer a summer oh, wow. can yes but um i'm really liking this i like you said the maltiness it almost the maltiness almost kind of mimics like a chocolatey mm-hmm, consistency mm-hmm. like a
0: kind of like or like a like a smoky flavor,
1: yes, definitely. Unless That's not
0: something else that I'm tasting. But either way, I'm I'm liking this. It's like it's pretty dark, but when you hold it up to the light, you can see that it is like of a, a like darker red, um, mm-hmm. uh, and you can kind of see a little bit to it. Um, uh, pretty fizzy, and it's. I don't want to say it's like a watered down um, uh, porter. Because they kind of do taste differently, and it doesn't taste watered down. I think it tastes exactly as what an amber should taste like, Mm -hmm. Um, um, which is, like, light, flavorful, uh, because it's not – it doesn't sit super heavy on the tongue either. Um, uh, Yeah. It's it's got a good taste. I'm liking it.
1: Yeah, and I think the reason it doesn't sit too heavy is because it is paired with, like, red meats and barbecue. So that's pretty cool. that makes sense. I like when they tell you that because sometimes you want to have beer with your meal and it just sits too heavy. So I think them having that useful information on the side of the can is great. And I'm really loving the taste. All it
2: needs to say if you don't want it to sit heavy is not IPA.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drinking IPA. Easy.
1: <laughs> so are we ready to actually rate the beer? Yeah. Yes. So
2: our rating scale is a seven-point scale. I had to do math in my head very quickly. Um, zero out of, uh, it's actually a five-point scale, but a zero out of five is a flaccid. A one out of five is very unsatisfied. A two out of five is unsatisfied. A three out of five is whatever, neutral, uh, four out of five is satisfied, and a five out of five, very satisfied. But if we go off the charts, six out of five, it's super saying. So, Sarah, what do you rate this beer?
1: Well, I'm um, I really, really like it. I'm gonna say satisfied, a four. Satisfied, I am super satisfied. Um, I think overall, it's a really well. Well-executed beer. The taste is there. Um, it's it's nice. It covers your tongue in a nice kind of flavor. Like I said, it almost mimics um, chocolate for me, but it's not heavy and it's not watery. And also, the the can size and the can art is are really good. And I'm glad to see that it suggests what kind of glass and uh, the temperature serving and also the uh, the food pairings with this. So I'm really satisfied. Okay, so
2: this is Kristen, and um, I am also going with a Satisfied, and I was just... uh, Looking up is uh, a little bit of information about ambers, and so it's basically um, ambers showcase a medium high to high malt character with medium to low caramel character. Look at that! Caramel. And I just pulled caramel out of the air because that's what I tasted, <laughs> yay! Um, which is derived from the use of roasted crystal malts, um, but this is not just. Uh, An amber, it's a German-style amber. So, I was really interested to know what that meant. Um, So, uh, I, it says, what makes German-style beer different? One main difference between typical American beer and German beer is the alcohol content. Uh, Alcohol content from our german beer ranges between 4.5 and 5.5 but interestingly enough it can get as high as 16 percent uh and this one is a 6.2 which is pretty high i would say for an amber and reds that i usually drink here um are usually in the five range so i noticed that um uh but yes so when you even type in German style amber beer the first beer that comes up is this one uh, Enegrin. so um, I'm giving it a satisfied. I really enjoyed it. I would buy it again um, And I definitely would try pairing it with some of those suggestions that were on the can
0: What do you think Jen um, I'm gonna go with a four out of five uh, as well, i was kind of tempted to give it a five out of five because it's, it's like a good solid beer, but it doesn't have like a wow factor. I guess you can say it's just good beer, like, mm-hmm. but, like that's honestly like on good beer. But nothing much besides that going on for it. Uh, So I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5, which is still good. Like, if you want something to drink, if you want something to drink with food, if you want, like, to just, like, drink something that doesn't taste like garbage or, like, watery crap, (laughs) this is good. It's good beer. Yeah. Yeah, four out of five
1: for me. No, I completely agree with you. We've had some stouts that are stouts, but then they they're watery. Like it's you can taste the water in them, and then you're like, "Hey, I thought this was beer." (laughs) So, (laughs) So this is like a really pleasant surprise. So I'm pretty happy with this. And that has been our beer review. All right, guys. Now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today, girls?
2: So today we are reviewing a book called Kisses for Jet, A Coming of Gender Story. Uh, The brief description on the back says it's 1999 and Jet has been dumped in a boarding house full of -of out-of-control students. Jet can't help but feel something isn't quite right and it's not just the weird drama, sinister staff, or the looming Y2K apocalypse. Drifting away from everything that teenage girls seem to be interested in, Jet slowly realizes that they may be more of a boy than the girl everyone says they should be. But who can they turn to when nobody else seems to be having the same problems? Trans creator Joris Baas Backer presents an enlightening, hilarious, and emotional look at what it was like to be both a teenager and transgender before the internet age.
1: Wow, that's kind of powerful stuff, guys. So what do you guys think of the story so far? It says on the back, translated by Amira
2: Rajabali. Um, And I don't remember seeing where the creator is from originally. Um, Oh, uh, born only a short bike ride away from the coast in the hog. The Hog, the Hague. <laughs> grew, up, grew up in Bucharest, New York, and Leiden. So, okay. Um, and has been living in Berlin working as a comic artist and illustrator. Oh, nice. Okay, so that's what it was. Oh.
0: So, is it. Was it originally in German?
2: Uh, that's what I got from that,
1: but. Hog. Oh, okay. Hague? Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey! Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Um, I really love kind of reading this because it it reminded me of high school because of the whole like Nirvana kind of smashing com- pumpkins references uh yeah. the the uh the brand new technology of cell phones <laughs> i know the kids
2: were so like flabbergasted and in awe that they could talk to each other <laughs> on cell
0: phones. <laughs> um it's so funny because i do have memories of 1999 because i was six years old i have memories of when i was like four or five years old so Mm. i like around 1990 1998 like 97 98 still anything before that though no fucking idea and even (laughs) then my perspective of that time was very much a child's perspective so there are some things that and of course um um my parents would sometimes like pay the oldest kid in the neighborhood to watch over us and of course they were the ones who were into like stuff like the smashing pumpkins and stuff like that <laughs> So it's so funny because, like, I let it, that stuff, like, I knew about it. And then I later got into it later on in the early, like, 2000s. But I know that the height of them was around the 90s. But the way mm-hmm. that I had looked at them around this time was that was what the older, cooler teenagers were listening to. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I listened to it too. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. When- I mean,
1: absolutely. I you know the art is a little bit different from i mean it, it's definitely its own style it's in like three colors like almost like a, a, a um it kind of not turquoise what would you call it like aquamarine color with black and yeah. white tones um yeah the you know it's it's a very distinct style of drawing for sure um one of the things I really liked about this art was the the kind of like the uncensored portions of the story where, like when she is flushing down her tampon down the toilet and we see like this is okay, so this basic picture of of kind of the turquoise background and then the plumbing, how you see the um, tampon go down the pipe into the bigger pipe that goes into the street and then there's roots right next to it mm-hmm. from a tree i'm like oh my god you just drew my nightmare <laughs> like seri- <laughs> like seriously like my biggest nightmare is plumbing problems um and that is actually the exact issue i'm having right now is the the roots into the pipe that are growing between yeah. the the between the um the seams of it but um also the other striking image was and then there's actually no dialogue in these which i think was perfect because you want the image to speak for itself um when she finds the gold chain jed finds the gold chain and she puts it on and she puts it in her mouth to taste it it's sort of like Mm -hmm. it's sort of it felt Mm -hmm. to me like she wanted to absorb the male essence of the chain like the male that the boy that was wearing the chain she wanted it it wasn't like oh I, I want to taste your bad bath, bath water because I love you it's more like a I want to absorb those male hormones or male you know I want to be a boy I want to be you yeah, yeah. yes exactly yeah. I thought that was amazing and then another of the imagery that I thought was really striking when when she's trying to piece standing up Mm-hmm. and yeah. that was just like i try to do that too so i kind of know how that feels so i was just yeah, like, i've never tried to do that oh i totally you did standing I, up yes uh-huh yeah like uh kind of like using your fingers to kind of guide the stream into the toilet like what you do is mm-hmm. you kind of pull on your on your like
0: I've done the pee hovering thing because I didn't want to touch the yeah, toilet bowl. But, but never, really like, standing up.
1: Yes. And,
2: and I, yeah, i peed out in a bush out drinking in the country in my hick redneck <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. teen youth days. But never tried peeing standing up over a toilet. Oh, no, I totally did. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, and, like, uh, you, you kind of use the two fingers to kind of pull on your skin to guide the stream into the toilet and I felt I saw wow. that in this picture yeah
0: you guys yeah, should try yeah. it just to try it oh but <laughs> <You> <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> I mean pee standing I mean I think I've done it in the shower uh, yeah <laughs> I, I pee in the shower every yeah day. <laughs> Yeah, like that's about as it. But I don't try to control it. I just let it flow. Me either. No, I mean
1: anyway. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of the drawings that are like just so intimate, and I feel like um, they're really taken from actually doing the these things, like actually like having done this and because they they don't have dialogue it's sort of like left for interpretation and I definitely filled it with my memories of doing that or like some thoughts that I would have while doing that which I thought was just really brilliant on the creator's part um, however I do have to say that story wise sometimes it did feel like it was translated um, mm, but overall, yeah. the the I do I do get the emotion behind everything, and I do get, I do get a really great story out of this. I think it was really good. What did you guys think? Well, for me, um, I definitely. Uh, a lot
2: of the things that stood out to me was definitely that this was not in America. Um, there were a lot of just cultural things that were being said and happening that I was like, that's really weird. Like uh, specifically uh, Jets relationship with their parents uh, and how um, they just dumped them in boarding school. That, like I, yes. I, that's just like a really weird thing thing to me yes i did i mean i guess you hear about rich people doing it here in america but like they they weren't didn't seem like they well i think it did seem like it cost a lot to do that but um i don't know it just seemed like everybody did it over there it it almost
1: seemed like it's a thing that it's available for upper middle class people uh, yeah, yeah. And, and like so because we're like i think i'm so used to like lower middle class that boarding school and dumping your kid off by himself to fend for himself in high school is something rich people do <laughs> like, like it's mm-hmm. not something definitely not something we do at all or even leave the kids for like months on end in their house by themselves that's just yeah the only
0: type of school that we paid for is the religious kind that's yes. it <laughs> yes like uh, if, it, if they're not going to Catholic school, then they're just going to go to public school. No in between. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The only reason they're not home is because it's against the law. <laughs> <laughs> like that's honest, that's honest. to God. That's yeah. How it is. Um, um, oh, my mom yes. was so happy when my little brother like was only taking online classes. She was just like, no, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Thank God it is me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I also just found it very. Um, I mean, they Jet's relationship with their mother was also very strained. Yes. It seemed like, but it wasn't like a big deal. But um, as through my like American eyes, I was like, oh, this is like uh, a recipe for like depression and anxiety and <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, because the dad is basically telling, uh, the, uh, telling jet that, um, the mom's too busy for them and that they can't, uh, that, uh, the mom moves away to work because they're working on Y2K. Um, uh, being is, I guess, a scientist, or I don't know what they were, but they were trying to um, prevent the end
0: of the world. <laughs> That's, yeah. That actually trips me out—the fact yeah. that the Y2K bug was actually real. Like, yeah, I, like for so long, like everybody was like, "Oh, it's not real; it's a hoax" or whatever. But then everybody, like all the tech people at the time, like, "No, it was real, and we were working yeah. really, really hard to prevent it." And I was yeah. just all like. Oh, that's kind of terrifying. So, but so you guys—it's now. Yeah.
1: Do you guys remember the the very first part of uh, COVID, where like there were lines at the market, shelves yes. were were you know like they didn't have any stock stuff or anything like that. That's kind of how Y two K was. Like yep. all the there pel- was no water anywhere. anywhere yeah. I remember. Yeah, the, uh, no my water. my best friend's
2: mom. I was living. No, I was living uh, out on our own we were living on our own at the time but she filled her bathtub with water because (laughs) it was a real fear that people had that all the computers were going to set themselves back to zero 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 Mm -hmm. once it hit to 1999 and then that was going to just render all computer programming useless Mm -hmm. because the computer wasn't going to be able to compute that or yes, understand yeah, that exactly. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so that meant that all the, the power grids were going to go down, all the water systems were going to go down and just crazy stuff. That is definitely where I remember. Yes. Um, and we see it in the book and I thought it was actually super uh, funny. Um, but where I remember, um, what do they call them? The, uh, People, the prep, preppers. Yes. The, oh, uh, those um, the doomsday people. The, the Pop- doomsday preppers. Yeah. Yes. Thank like, you. That's oh. where I remember that starting, and people started hoarding shit. Yes. Yep. Um, in preparation, and uh, we had an actual New Year's Eve party. I remember
0: nothing happened. <laughs> no, nothing <laughs> happened. That's the <laughs> funny thing. I remember <laughs> that. I remember, I remember trying to stay up because I wanted to see all the computers go down. But yeah. I couldn't because I, <laughs> I was six years old, and so I like fell asleep like around like eight p.m. and I just woke <laughs> up the next day, and I was just all like, "Does the TV still work?" And my mom was just like, "What? The fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, no." It was my it parents was... were completely unaware. They didn't. They didn't know what I, everything I knew about Y2K was from preschool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what other kids were saying. <laughs> So, I thought, like, Y2K was, like, an actual, like, bug inside of computers or something that was just going to eat them.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, because <that's> not, <laughs> as a child, that's, like, when yeah. people said that, I, was, I didn't understand coding. I didn't understand anything. Yeah. I thought there was, like, a literal bug that was just preparing, like, I'm going to eat all the computers. But, but 15, I'll wait 000. until midnight. Yeah, uh, I will 19, wait until midnight. The 719th Yeah, because he didn't want to be rude. That makes sense. That means, he does not like, want to be rude. Yes, he doesn't want to be rude. He's not going to be early. He's not going to be late. <laughs> this is how I was as a child, okay? Oh,
1: my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was incredibly polite. Uh uh-huh. So, um, So,
2: Jet, I, I really... You can feel, regardless if there's some weird translation um, bumps in the story, you can really feel that the creator really put a lot of their own uh, experiences and emotions and feelings into this story. Um, seeing the scenes and the panels where jet just goes and hides under the blanket um multiple times the the part where they go into the um the uh the not the dresser what's it called the standing um vanity. not vanity what is it called the armoire? thing that you hang armoire there you go where you hang your clothes in and just just wants to be away and um where they are describing how they just feel so inadequate cuz all these people looking at them all they can feel is that these expectations that these other teenagers are having of them um and i can only imagine what that what i mean when you're a teenager you think everything the world revolves around you and that everyone's talking about you and and every, every all the bad shit that's happening is your fault so i can only imagine how um somebody going through this kind of gender identity um, situation would feel as a teenager. Um, And I really think that uh, the creator does a really good job of portraying that uh, in the dialogue, but also just in, like you pointed out, all the panels that don't have any dialogue.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I felt that too, like the binding of her breasts. Um, mm-hmm. uh, ooh, one of the things that was really striking to me, and I mean, this is kind of, it, it kind of surpasses dialogue and any thought bubbles or any narration. Um, like when she cut and basically made a collage of her face, but a but Kurt Cobain's body. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really significant. So yeah, just really. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a lot of heart, I think, in the story. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: There is yeah, and I there is a lot of there's like, the feeling of dysphoria or gender Mm -hmm. dysphoria, um, the kind of the misgendering as well. And even though uh, at the time they don't know that it's misgendering, um, uh, it's yeah it. It is a very poignant book, and I think one that captures really well that kind of transition or that kind of becoming aware of, I am not who society perceives me to be right now. And even mm-hmm. that opening quote in the book was was really, really good. I, I really liked it. Um, uh, it was, do you know the feeling when you're visiting somewhere and you want to go home That feeling all the time, the whole day, uninterrupted and about your own body Mm. by Danielle Wagemaker's Fading Gender. So, and it's, I don't think, it's something that I can feel sympathy for. But it's not something that I can ever understand. But yeah. this is as close to as understanding as I can ever get. And yeah. my heart goes out to anybody who is going through this transition or becoming aware of this transition, mm-hmm. because that feeling of not belonging in your own body is is something that's that's disheartening. And but once you do accept who you are, it's so liberating. And we see that towards the end of the book when Jet realizes who he is and who he's who he's going to be turning into
2: so i think my biggest critique of the book is that I wish that it were a bit longer Because I feel that there were big pieces of the story That were missing Like I turn the page And all of a sudden the best friend is like Hey let's take you to counseling Because I know that you want to be a boy yes. I'm like where did this come from like, didn't And then you trust it you know? <laughs> And then you turn the page And the parents have already accepted it And are going to their Coming out birthday party yeah. I'm like what happened I want to know the down and dirty Like when you came out your parents or you're like, Hey, this is like, we did, we missed all that. And yeah. I really think that, um, that the, and I guess that when you look at it, um, you know, this is about the individual and how they're dealing with it and everything, but I really want to To know how the progression of that, those two storylines in here, how we got there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I definitely felt a little bit
0: of disconnect in the stories. Mm -hmm. I also wonder if it's like an out of country thing, because the way that they got testosterone and everything... Mm. look really easy when i know like there was a there's a lot to this day there's still a lot of hoops you have to go through if you're not Mm -hmm. living in like california or one of the other states that's like pretty like liberal about um uh trans uh transgender transitioning Mm -hmm. um uh, it's really 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 hard to get testosterone or get your testosterone shots because you need like a psyche valve, you need like a mom other stuff, and if, and this is just getting. If you want to like fully like transition and like, yeah, either like chop it off or get like the um, uh, the cosmetic surgery, um, uh, you have to have an approval from a therapist that mm-hmm. you're not like that you're not crazy or whatever. And we we see a little bit of that. They do have an eval um, uh, for it, but it didn't seem as big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> as i've heard um, uh, some of my trans friends say like oh i had to do- go through like all of this and I have to do all of this and they're just like really invasive about mm-hmm. you and like why you're like why you're doing this and It's just you're doing it because this is who you are mm-hmm. and of course they don't like that answer they want to like get down and dirty in your brain and it's like it's a very very invasive process
1: yeah I felt that too on that whole, like, it just jumped into like, okay, we're doing this. Um, And even um, the part where the doctor was explaining like the steps and it Mm -hmm. sort of turned into like uh, um, a musical of sorts. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, uh, definitely took some like really creative liberties in that sense. Um, But I Mm -hmm. think that's actually where you really uh, feel the, Translation portion
0: of this book. <clears throat> so are we yeah. actually ready maybe to there was maybe read, something was lost in translation.
1: Yeah, uh, are we ready to actually rate the book? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, we well, we have a concha rating scale. We have one, two, or three conchas uh, because. Uh, Jen was only allowed to eat Tres Conchas in one sitting And that's how we decided <laughs> to rate our books If it's a really just superb Like it touches us On a spiritual and emotional level And it's like transcends the pages Then we add like the panaderia or even a cup of Champurrado or some kind of Amazing beverage at
0: the time that Hot we're beverage really doing. of your choice yes. <clears throat> Hotty,
1: toddy. hotty toddy. Um So for me This is Sarah, I'm going to I'm going to rate this uh, Tres Conchas Um, Like I said There was a little translation issue But I really was propelled by the art So that's why I'm giving it Tres Conchas What about you guys?
2: Uh, So this is Kristen I'm also going to give it um, Three Conchas I really did like the story Um, The emotional uh, Portrayal of Jet going through all of what they're going through i mean multiple different things being away from their parents having to deal with bullying having to deal with just figuring stuff out um uh, who they were what who they wanted to be um i really felt it uh in the story so um i uh i'm gonna give it three conscious
0: uh this is jen i am going to give it three conscious as well i really did like it i think it was really well done and like i said it um uh, the artwork I, I didn't really brush up on this but i really do like that it had y2k fashion It's <laughs> a very like simplistic um uh art style that it had uh, it very obviously had y2k fashion in it and i really enjoyed that so um no i'm gonna give it three contests i think it was a really well-made story
1: all right guys time for our in la libreria segment jen what do you have for us today
0: for in la libreria i have from dream to reality how to make living as a writer Jessie Quack teaches you to be a successful freelance writer and work on your own terms. So, um, the synopsis that they have right here is turn your passion into your profession. Successful author and freelancer, Jessie Quack. And I hope I'm saying her last name, right? It's K W a K. So I'm saying quack like a duck. It could be yeah. K walk or something. And I'm so, so sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Um, uh, Shares all the nitty-gritty details you need to make uh, a living as a writer. Um, so you want to make a living as a freelance writer. Author Jessie Quack's new book has all the resources, answers, and real talk you need about what it takes to make a living as a writer for hire. Drawing on her own varied and successful years of freelance copywriting experience, uh, Quack, author from of From Chaos to Creativity, creativity, and from big idea to book offers valuable insights on how to figure out if this fast-paced, ever-evolving career is for you, and how to make it work if you decide to go for it. And we have pictures of what the table of contents uh, is going to do, and kind of uh, an opening as to what the career entitles. And it continues with, starting with the most important factor for a successful freelancer mindset. Quack walks you through everything you need to know about growing your freelancer career intentionally in a rapidly changing market. This book's special focus is on business writing for hire with valuable lessons for writers of all stripes. Freelancing isn't for everyone, but if you're the sort of mercenary chaotic good soul who would find your happy place in freelancing, you'll find all the encouragement and tools you need in this book. Inside, you'll find practical advice on breaking into the freelancing world like choosing your niche, attract clients even when you don't have much experience, set your, rate, set your rates and get paid, manage your thriving freelance business, and keep your daily work fun, fascinating, and always on your own terms. Uh, they have uh, a YouTube video on about an interview with Jessie about her last book, From Big Idea to Book. Uh, and then they have a synopsis of the rewards. So you can always pledge without expecting a reward. You just want to support. Uh, but the base pledge starts at $10, uh, where you get the ebook. And then at $15, you get the paperback. At $25, you, um, uh, get the, um, um, the paperback and grow, which is another paperback, uh, and it is this one is about pursuing your passions and learning how to make your DIY projects into your profession. Uh, and the author is Eleanor C. Whitney. Uh, and then there is another twenty-five tier that has uh, the book. And this one is a different book called Street Journalist, which is about journalism and how to like become a. Uh, writing for, like, newspaper or reporting and stuff like that. So they have different tiers with different um, uh, side books, uh, depending on your interest, what it could be. Um, But you can get the ebook for at $10, which I think is a pretty good deal. Uh, They have a goal of $7,000. They're currently at $2,258 with 78 backers and 25 days to go. So it is From Dream to Reality, How to Make a Living as a Writer. And I think this is uh, I think this is good. I mean, I think we know a lot of people uh, who want to either, like, I think it's good if you want to, like, be a freelancer. I think working within your niche and finding out what your niche is and what you're good at and what to do when you think you don't have a lot of experience. But trust me when I say you probably do. Um, uh, even now, thinking about it, I have a shit ton of experience. Uh, and I've only, like, really started thinking of it as experience. Um, uh, now that I'm going to be turning, like, 30 next year. <laughs> <gasps> whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I do. Like, I do have a lot of experience. I do have a lot of writing experience. I just never thought of it as experience. And -hmm. then that could be applied to a lot of things, I think, in freelancing. So I think this book is also just generally a good thing for if you want to join the freelancing world in whatever endeavors. But I think also, like, do you want to learn how to professionally write as a professional? Because you want to be courteous. You want to be um, – you want to, like, get clients – yeah, like, And you want to be taken seriously I think this is a good book Either way, even for non-writers as well Because, I mean At some point you're going to have to learn, baby You're going <laughs> to have to learn Oh my god um, <laughs> So, uh, check it out It's on Kickstarter From Dream to Reality It is under um, uh, The Makers or of, the, of this project is Microcosm Publishing. So I'm pretty sure they probably have a pre-order or something on their website as well. Uh, but on Kickstarter, it is From Dream to Reality, How to Make a Living as a Writer.
1: I love it. You know, even if you just want to have a hobby of writing, let's say like, <clears throat> I mean, I did not know, but there's a certain uh, type of format you have to submit like comic book strips in. And then, Mm -hmm. and then, of course, we read plays when we were in high school kind of thing. So that's a totally different format. So it's really, I think it's really useful to actually learn about this. So thank you for bringing that up, Jen. All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today?
2: Well, today on uh, Juntos y Fuertes, which is our um, segment where we highlight um, programs or organizations that um, of, of, great projects um, that are generally made by members of marginalized groups. Um, today, I have something that I saw on TV and then I started to, um, to investigate and do a little research and came up with what this is. So the other day, I was watching TV and for whatever reason, on one of the um, channels, I always end up getting sucked into shark Tank. And <laughs> <clears throat> on this particular episode, um, it was a, um, it was actually a kind of like a segment of like what's gonna be on the next shark Tank. And it was this uh, person who um, had an organization or a company on an organization called Nopalera. Mm. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And um, obviously, when I started searching it, it's I started getting stuff on my Facebook and on my, on my um, TikTok. But apparently, uh, Nopalera is um, a company that was founded to elevate and celebrate Latina culture. Um, their products are inspired by the beauty and richness of Mexico. They take their inspiration from the nopal cactus, an ancient symbol of mexican culture and one of the most sustainable nourishing and versatile plants in the world you can eat it make textiles from it and use it to hydrate your skin and hair it is strong resilient beautiful and has always been here So, um, the founder of Nopalera is Sandra Velasquez, and she was raised by Mexican immigrant parents in California near the US Mexican border. She founded Nopalera to celebrate her culture, loud, proud with no apologies growing up nopales were everywhere they'd frequently cut them from their own yard and cook them later I be- uh, she began using nopales in her artisan bath and body products and nopalera was born they're committed to making high end products with clean ingredients and celebrating natural beauty and resilience whenever they find it um, so I didn't actually get to watch the episode because it was a future episode that I saw coming and so I don't know if she got a deal or not but what I do know is um, they have a website called uh, Nopalera that's N O P A L E R A dot C O and um, they have so many products that just look so um, like nourishing and hydrating and, um, things that I would love to try. So, um, they have exfoliants, they have soaps, they have botanical bars. Um, and, uh, you know, you, I love me, uh, some homemade soap and lotion. So, um, uh, no palera. C O. Um, and you can find, um, a whole bunch of cool stuff. I know that I want to try it. And, um, if you try it, let us know what you think. You know,
1: I, <clears throat> so sorry, I'm kind of really shocked that I never uh, thought of nopales as part like of a beauty regimen because I use mm. aloe all the time. Yeah. But I yeah. didn't think of nopales as well. But now that you're saying that, and they actually are really good to just... They're cut, very cut, similar. Yeah, to clean out your yeah. system when you eat them or whatever. They're really healthy. And I also found a, another place that they they actually make nopales tortillas. So Mm -hmm. um, the base is nopal. So um, Mm -hmm. I actually used to have a nopal in the backyard that my mom uh, um, planted. And then I just never cut them or anything. So they just grew out of control. So then it actually became very weak and it died. But now Mm. I want to grow some more. So like I'm really excited about this. And um, (laughs) now that you mentioned like beauty products and all that stuff, like I'm really intrigued by this. Definitely mm-hmm. intrigued. So I'm excited to go through this uh, uh, her website and just go over all the stuff she has there. So wow, yeah. So yeah, um,
2: like I said, I love me some some homemade uh, bath products, uh, lotions, exfoliants, especially in this horrible winter weather my skin gets so dry and Ugh. right now i'm yeah. using bath and body shop stuff i'd much rather give my money to uh a latina woman who's mm-hmm. trying to promote uh cultural clean products so yeah um i'm really interested to to try it out
1: absolutely that sounds amazing and like you said like we always go to like bath and body works or whatever they're called bed bath and beyond i don't know anyway the bath place mm-hmm. in the mall oh. <laughs> <laughs> and um they have good products but you know like i really love how clean natural stuff is like uh like those those shops that are like small businesses because mm-hmm. there's not much residue and it's not been sitting at, in in a warehouse for so long it's just like really natural and that goes a long way as well so i'm very excited to yeah. look at this website and look at all their amazing products All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And saludos comes to you from Kristen. Who are we saludando today? so today
2: we are giving saludos to Itzel Argil Aguilera um, her pronoun, their pronouns is she and they um, and she's a she is a comics and illustrative artist with a range in high fantasy and realism. Uh, her work is informed by her Mexican heritage and extensive media backlog. their work explores immigration mental health and their own personal experiences, through surreal imagery with meticulous detail. Uh, she curates and publishes the political parody Shonen Trump and the horror anthology Black Water with through Bonfire Comics, which is a group started along fellow alumni from Columbus College of Art and Design. Their most recent work through Bonfire was Stratos in 2022. Um, the sales uh, website is that Juan artist, so t h a t j u a n a r t i s t dot com, um, and you can find all of their social um, links on their website. Um, their Uh, they have their Instagram on there, but the Instagram is no longer, it used to, it used to be that one artist, but now it is J art. Um, so J I T Z E L a R T. And when you go to their website, I'm sorry, to their Instagram, um, their art is just very beautiful and very surreal. And, um, the imagery definitely, uh, does uh come through um just with that style um and then for bonfire comics you can go to bonfire um oh wait wait through bonfire comics it's bonfire um what is the website um cartoon org, um and they uh release theme themed comic anthologies featuring local and international talent, and their latest is Stratos, and it's about dreams. They've done horror and also sci-fi, so you can go to CartoonCrossroadsColumbus.org to find out more information about the uh, anthologies that Eat Cell has worked on and edited.
1: That's amazing. I uh, totally love that you brought this to our attention, because when I saw her Instagram, which is at Jay Eat cell Art um, <coughs> excuse me I saw this one drawing she did about a cockroach <coughs> excuse me who has a pearl necklace and with a pendant of a tiger uh, I'm sorry a shark tooth and in on one hand she has her purse because they have like six arms or legs whatever and in the <laughs> other one she has her coffee and I thought that was so and the the detail of the cockroach was just amazing I just loved it her art is amazing <laughs> So so check that out guys. All right guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us, Kristen? You can find us at
2: comalysicomics.com where you can find all of the links to our social media. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're also
1: on TikTok and We have YouTube YouTube. yes. We haven't done any new interviews But we do have amazing interviews That have been recorded before And if you want to know more about uh, What it's like to be part of the Comic books creator community You should definitely check out those interviews They are so amazing, inspiring And I feel like everybody's journey Is unique and also the same Which is like, I know it doesn't make sense but it is true. Like I feel every time we have one of those interviews I feel so inspired and so like full of energy like like it, you know they they reach out and touch you through through their conversation and I think it's amazing. So check that out definitely.
0: Um, yeah, and if you're a creator and you want to be interviewed by us, shoot us an email at, our, um, uh, email at comadresycomics at gmail.com and we can schedule the las pláticas with you if you have like a good project coming up or if you already have a book out that you want to put out there that you want people to read contact us we we will hear you out uh we will take our time though <laughs> Yes. Yeah. no i yeah. mean we just really a, just we, we,
1: yeah we really try guys but you know a scheduling three people's schedules and then a fourth and or maybe the, a fifth yeah. it's a little difficult so just to be be a little bit patient with us we're really sorry about that mm-hmm. in advance
0: we'll get to you yeah eventually.
1: <laughs> All right, guys, as we have been your hosts, uh, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye.
0: Bye. And that's on Period Network.